Welcome. You are listening to The Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm your host, Meryl Arnett, and my passion is making meditation accessible and enjoyable. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a guided meditation. If you would like to access these meditation practices as standalone audio files for your daily practice, please subscribe to my newsletter at merylarnett.com. It's free and you'll receive a new mini meditation each week, along with behind the scenes content and bonus material for each podcast episode. All right, let's grab a cup of tea, a comfy seat, and settle in for today's practice. All right. Happy chilly April Monday. Whoa. <laughs> Crazy that we're in April, right? Like, phew, time flies. All right. We are moving into the second teaching in our Mindful Living series. And bef- and what I want to do tonight, actually, is I'm going to start by reading a series of quotes just to like get us started. So you're going to hear a couple quotes read in a row. And before I do that, and before we go into tonight's talk, I just want to make um, like a little preemptive statement that should actually be held in truth for every single class I ever teach uh, here together with us and on the podcast. But I want to make it very specifically for tonight. And that statement is this. When I'm talking in very general terms, as I tend to do in these classes, I am making the assumption that we are safe and that our basic needs are being met. Okay. So safe, meaning like you are not in danger of encountering bodily harm in this instance, like this moment that we're in together, Basic needs being met, meaning you have enough food to eat, you have shelter to protect you from the elements, right? You have a community that you reside in, whether that is big or small. And it's not that any of these teachings become unapplicable if those were not true, if you're not safe, if your basic needs aren't being met. These teachings are actually still true. It's just that I wouldn't speak about them in the same sort of like general way that I tend to do in this class. And so I just want to make that statement specifically because, you know, I don't know everybody's backstory and I certainly don't know all the listeners on the podcast. And I want to name that I'm making that assumption so that if this lands in a way that you're like, whoa, this is a difficult pill to swallow, I want you to know that you're not alone, that I know I'm being a little bit general about some pretty big things and that these teachings still apply. They just probably need more context. Okay. So that being said, we're going to start tonight's class with just a couple quotes. The first one, which you guys in the live class got in the email today is this, of course, we can always imagine more perfect conditions how it should be ideally, how everyone else should behave. But it's not our task to create an ideal. It's our task to see how it is. 
and to learn from the world as it is. For the awakening of the heart, conditions are always good enough. The next quote. One of the most tragic things I know about human nature is that all of us tend to put off living. We are all dreaming about some magical rose garden over the horizon instead of enjoying the roses blooming under our window. The next quote. The moment is complete. The next one. There is nowhere to go and nothing to get. And the next one, the way isn't difficult for those who are unattached to their preferences. So all of these quotes, the long ones, the short ones, some of them from other meditation teachers, some of them are from totally unrelated people. And all of them are pointing to tonight's mindful living tenet and perhaps the most fundamental taught about teaching in all of mindful teachings. We are talking tonight about contentment. Contentment. And I'm curious if when I say contentment, like what comes to mind for you? If you have access to your keyboard in the live class and you want to type something in the chat, I would love to know, actually. Like, what does contentment mean to you? It's such a simple word to say. And when I started writing tonight's talk, I was like, pages. You know, normally two pages. Two written pages is like 10 to 15 minutes for me. Just the right amount of time. I'm like a novel with contentment. Oh my gosh, there's so much here. I see peace. Yeah. Right? It's it's a simple word. Enjoying something new brings contentment. And I think as you'll see, we dive into this concept of contentment and what we start to see is profound paradox profound. I think we teach it so often because it's so difficult to actually grasp it, both intellectually and embodied. So let's look a little bit about, let's look a little into what we mean by contentment. So when we think about contentment, I think the first thing we have to think about is it's not about creating a perfect picture. We don't get to say, this is what it looks like for me to be content. Because the minute I do that, I'm about to be real upset when it doesn't look that way anymore, right? I can think of no better example than going for a hike with kids, right? If you have gone for a hike or a walk with kids, let me tell you about frustration and irritation. (laughs) Because you're like, you know, my kids, when they're in the right mood, Without exaggeration, they can easily do a three-mile hike, easy, without blinking an eye. And sometimes we can't get out of the parking lot. True story. And there's no way to predict which it's going to be. And sometimes we all just sort of meander along and it's lovely. And sometimes I'm having my ear talked off about like Pokemon or something that is completely unrelated to the natural world and the things that I'd like to be talking about. 
right? <laughs> and the moment I say, this is what I want our walk to be like today is the moment I'm mad, my partner's pissing me off, the kids are crying, and we all go home grumpy. <laughs> Pokemon are totally natural. Totally natural, of course. <laughs> and when I can let go of any type of picture around what I think the walk is going to look like, we're having a walk. We're in the woods. We're usually enjoying each other's company. It takes all of the pressure off. And so we say contentment. And for most of us, that like brings a picture forth, right? This is what it means to be content. I'm in my happy place. I have so-and-so with me. My fridge looks like this or my bank account looks like this. But if it doesn't look like that, there went my contentment. Here's another paradox that comes up when we talk about contentment. Contentment has nothing to do with whether or not you are happy. Contentment has nothing to do with whether or not you are happy. It has nothing to do with whether or not you are sad. Whether or not you are feeling some sort of pain. Right? Contentment exists even though human life is inherently painful. We have all of our individual hurts and losses and struggles. We have the greater injustices in the world to contend with. And contentment, man, if you hear nothing else, hear me say this, contentment does not say we ignore, we gloss over, or we use the dreaded phrase, it is what it is. That is not contentment. Contentment is being able to see all of that and feel all of that and fundamentally experience a sense of okayness within ourselves. It has, contentment has nothing to do with the externals and everything to do with the internal landscape. And so I will tell you, like if, if I had typed into the chat, what do I think about contentment? My personal experience of it I think of it like experiencing a profound okayness with my life. That's what I think about, a profound okayness with my life. And so when we think about, like, let's, let's even go a little bit deeper, actually. Let's go here. Let's go to the moments when we don't feel safe hardest moments to experience any type of contentment, to even think about contentment as an option. And in those moments, what I invite us to look for or think about when possible is that a contentment practice, this tenant, is about the present moment. 
And the present moment is not a broad swath of time. The present moment is a pinpoint. It is this one with our eyes meeting on the screen or my voice in your ears. I can feel my favorite cushion under my seat right now. And I can smell the incense that I lit before class tonight. And in this specific moment, I am okay. Despite all the things that externally are going on in in my life. And the practice doesn't say, let's expand that contentment for all eternity. It says, how about this breath? And then how about this one? The the last paradox I want to name tonight is that we can experience contentment, okayness, and seek change or growth or shift or evolution at the same time. Contentment doesn't mean I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit on my little meditation cushion and be happy as a clam. This is not the teaching of contentment. The teaching of contentment is being able to hold the space to know internally, I am okay. And to work towards, to ask for, to name the changes or the growths or the shifts that we want in our lives and in the world. That's a a massive paradox. So it's no wonder we hear words like contentment and we're like, oh yeah, that's lovely. And then we go on our way and we don't sit there and think about it too long because you could, you know, spend a lifetime reflecting on this and exploring how can those two things both be true in the same moment. And so I'll name that blessed science has confirmed without a shadow of a doubt that humans indeed are capable of feeling two completely conflicting emotions in the exact same moment. This is a scientific truth that we can be okay and heartbroken. We can be okay and scared. We can be okay and ecstatic. And the practice of contentment is inviting us to remember that contentment doesn't exist outside of ourselves. And we can, and we do very often hand our contentment to other people. If you're happy with me, if you tell me good job, oh, I'm happy too. And if you're upset with me, well, there's not contentment in sight. But the truth is, the teaching is that it's just inside. I don't have to hand it to you. You know, it's really funny. So 
as you know, from the previous series, I have been referencing the book, The Yamas and the Niyamas by Deborah Adele, which I have taught out of this book probably for close to 10 years. And if I, I wish I had my copy because I would lift it up and open it for you. There's barely a line that is not highlighted or underlined or asterisked with a note in the margin. I have taught it so many times and different sentences catch you at different times, right? And this time, like the one sentence that was not already underlined, I'm like, how have I never, ever talked about this sentence before? So good. She names a Japanese proverb. Hold on, I have to find it in my notes. Oh, here, this is it. Japanese proverb. The noise does not disturb you. You disturb the noise. I'm going to say it again. The noise does not disturb you. You disturb the noise. Y'all, head explosion emoji when I read that. I, without a shadow of a doubt, noise sends me over the edge faster than anything else, right? Like a lot of chaotic noise, I get very, very agitated. And I read that and I was like, well, that can't be true because noise sends me over the edge. But where does my contentment live? Does it live out there in the noise? Or is it inside me? Who gets to decide? Right? I'm jumping out into all that chaos. <laughs> my son had a sleepover last night. Let's talk about noise. Right? And I'm like, boys, boys, shh, shh. <laughs> They're not, they didn't mean me to shush them. They're having a grand old time. But man was I disturbed by it? So this practice of contentment is bringing ourselves inward. Okay. I want to name one more thing and then we'll get into our practice tonight. So as you might be able to imagine, one of the ways that we can really start to cultivate and name contentment as a practice is through gratitude. Beautiful, so often named gratitude. Right, this practice that we know we should be doing. And if we're struggling with it, I'm going to name, let's step outside. Because there is no greater place to discover gratitude and contentment, actually, than in nature. You know what I learned recently? I learned that next to almost every single troublesome plant out there, the antidote grows right next to it. So interesting. Are you ready for it? Poison ivy? Almost always you will find jewelweed in the exact same patch. And you step in that poison ivy, you get the rash, you're all itchy. And jewelweed, if you break it and you kind of mash up the stem and get some of the sap juice, it's anti-inflammatory and anti-itch. Contentment doesn't say you're not going to get a rash. Contentment does not say that we are not going to feel uncomfortable sometimes. What contentment says is the antidote's right here. It's in the same moment. We can keep waiting for the perfect moment and we will keep scratching the itch. 
or you can bend down and grab the sap at your foot at this second and rub it on the skin and stop the itch now. So go outside. You know, there's a term plant blindness and we like literally all suffer from it because we're so disconnected from nature. And because we don't grow up, most of us, again, I'm generalizing, we don't grow up learning the names of plants. So we don't know them. So go outside and learn the name of a plant in your backyard, in a crack in the sidewalk, in a park, right? A tree somewhere. I think I might've even said this in our last class, but you know, I've been very into like trying to learn edible plants. And in our backyard alone, unbeknownst to me, we've lived in this house going on five years now. And this is the first time I have ever realized that in our backyard, wild strawberry, wild blackberry, wild onion, chickweed, violets, wisteria, pansies. Y'all, I just made a salad from my backyard. And you start to name one or two or three of these things that are right outside our doors. How can we not experience that like? That's amazing. And so we practice our contentment outside the door, and then we start to pull it with us as we walk through our days, through our office, through our kitchens, through our laundry rooms, wherever we may be. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a little meditation. I want to point out something as we settle in. You can start kind of shifting into your seats. You might remember if you did the ethics series that for each of the ethical components we did, we like placed that tenant in our bodies. Do you remember in each of those meditations, it was like at the sacrum, we placed nonviolence. And then at the navel center, we like worked our way up the energetic centers of the spine. We placed these tenants inside us. And what you'll notice in this series is that we're not doing that. We're simply looking inside because these mindful living tenants, they're internal. They're already inside us. We don't have to place them because they already exist. We're just getting still enough to find them. Yeah. So let yourself settle into a comfortable seat, shifting around as much as you need. You might let your hands rest onto your lap. If you'd like to close your eyes, please feel free. If closing your eyes feels uncomfortable this evening, by all means, you can take a soft gaze down towards the ground. And together as a group, we'll start our practice with a deep inhale in. Exhale out a sigh. Let's do that again, inhaling deeply. 
exhaling out a sigh. And allowing your breath just to flow. Settling yourself into your practice by silently saying to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words to yourself, let's draw our attention towards our seat, the cushion or chair beneath you. When we settle into this seat, into this moment, We are letting go of everything that has already happened. And letting go of everything that has yet to come. And so perhaps you find that you can sit down even more. from the center of your body out in all directions, letting go. And perhaps you feel the way the cushion or chair rises up to meet you. Maybe noting the more you let go, the more you are supported. And you might feel that you can soften or smooth across your forehead. Letting go of the space behind the forehead. Softening across your eyes and between your ears. Letting go along your jaw and the inside of the cheeks. Softening across your shoulders, down the arms, through the wrists and the fingertips. Feeling breath move through your chest. Letting go of all the muscles in the chest. 
maybe even feeling as if you could soften the heart itself. Letting go of any gripping or tension in the belly. Letting yourself breathe with a soft belly. Feeling down the lengths of your legs. your ankles and the soles of the feet. And then letting your awareness broaden so that you take in the entire body here. Feeling your whole body breathe. And perhaps you feel as you breathe in, your body is expanding out in all directions. As you breathe out, your body is settling at center. We'll let our awareness rest here on the body breathing. The outward expansion of the inhale. the sense of settling on the exhale. And perhaps you'll feel or sense or invite an experience of contentment Riding on that breath. An inherent okayness within yourself in this moment. And as we sit here for 10 minutes in silence, all sorts of things will rise up. Thoughts, distracting sounds, Ideas, stories, sleepiness or anxiety, 
And in each moment, with each experience, you could just test. Is there okayness within this breath? And how about this one? We'll sit together here, breathing and noticing.
feeling your body breathe. Noticing everything that's here in this moment. Noticing perhaps your own inherent contentment. Gradually letting your breath begin to deepen. And wiggling into your fingers and your toes, finding your edges again. As you feel ready, we'll take a deep breath in together. Exhaling out a sigh. Taking all the time you need to let go of your practice, to blink your eyes open if they're closed. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to The Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving me a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps others to find the show. And let's face it, we could definitely use more meditators in this world. The Mindful Minute is recorded on Muskogee land and produced with the support of Madeline Day Production Management and Brianna Nielsen Virtual Assistance. To join my live classes, ask questions, or learn more about my teacher trainings, please visit MerrillArnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next week.